Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week, our guest is Daniel Wynn from the Hoka, New Jersey, New York Track Club, when we recorded our first mobile episode on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Daniel is a 337, 1500-meter runner and many-time All-American who's represented Team USA in international competition, but he's also one of my favorite people in the world to talk to about everything and nothing, and this episode was by far our longest yet as a result. Daniel joined me and Matt Crawford, a teammate of mine from Cornell and our gracious host, for a lengthy but awesome discussion. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Trust me when I say we could have gone another hour. We're back in the studio this Friday, and feel free to come join us to watch, but in the meantime, I've been Dave Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk with Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Melly, and we're here this week with two uh, local New Yorkers. We're on the road for the first time. Um, you guys can be our guinea pigs a little bit. Here is my co-host, fellow Cornell graduate, Matt Crawford. How are you, Matt? I'm excellent. Happy to be here. Happy to have you guys in my apartment. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an honor. And our guest this week is a new New York resident, uh, former Oregon Duck, former BAA runner, current Hoka and JNY runner, Daniel Wynn. How are you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me. I was going to make a Danny Boy St. Patrick's Day joke, because we're recording on St. Patrick's Day, and then I was like, that's pretty dumb. (laughs) Can you you just sing it for us instead? Absolutely not. Please, Uh, do it. No. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How are you guys this morning? I'm good, I think. Good. You only had to come from uh, elsewhere in Manhattan. You didn't have yes. to come all the way. Yeah, from... this was a shorter journey than uh, normally where I'm living in Brooklyn. So where in Brooklyn are you? East Williamsburg. Oh, wow. Originally I was saying Williamsburg, and then I learned... Oh, there's a difference. you got to clarify oh, that. Yeah. that that's, uh, that's ambiguous. So. Tell people you're not a yuppie, so... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is that, the, is that the more hardcore version of Williamsburg, or is that... It's yeah. not the, yeah, yeah, I'll say yes. The further out away from Manhattan you get, the more hardcore you are. The less gentrified, the less you're, like, actively perpetuating, like, pushing poor people out of their housing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you push, you're now the poor people in the housing. Uh, yeah, because that's exactly what I am. You yeah. will be pushed out. You're right. Yes. A couple of years. And you're living with a, a high school classmate? Yes. Uh, so just yeah. the two of you? Just the two of us. Very nice. And how is how tiny is it? <laughs> it is it is small. Smaller than uh, this. Uh, it's a little smaller than this, I would say. I'm yeah. Impressed. I'm impressed. What's, um, what's the kitchen setup? That's to me. I'll I'll live mm, in a closet oh. as long as the kitchen is good. That's what I do. It's a it's a it's a pretty minimal kitchen. You know, no dishwasher. Uh, no, limited uh, cupboards also. Um, but uh, you know. It's so far I haven't gotten like extremely frustrated, and uh, my roommate and I do dishes semi proportionally. Like we're we're not doing a terrible job. Like no one's totally falling behind on that, so there hasn't been too much animosity yet. I worry about the two person living situation because like, there I think in a group you can always sort of like unless you can like blame it on some like abstract like it's the apartment's right. fault. 
but if it's two people and you're not having sex with them, like, anything that goes wrong is immediately the other person's fault. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's true, but I was frustrated in a three-person uh, setup in Boston with anything I did right wasn't necessarily my fault. So it's kind of like the other... So, like, if I did the dishes... Two people. You weren't. No one. No one knows. No one get You don't get credit for anything. And it just, uh, it just ends up being magic. Yeah. And and like I was I was home all day most days while they were at work, so I knew who was doing what. I see. I but they didn't know. David did all of our dishes in college. So oh yeah. When, so we lived together for a year, and then in the first say three months that Crawford and I didn't live together, Crawford. I don't think fully internalized that I had been doing all his dishes for the previous no, year. not at all. <laughs> and then realized that every single dish in his kitchen was dirty and had been for three months. <laughs> and what was your solution to that? Oh, uh, I would steal silverware and dishware from the dining halls mm-hmm. and bring it home and then use it and then just go back in the sink. Yeah. I believe, didn't you eventually throw out a, an entire set of dishes rather than wash them because it had been long enough? Oh, uh, I mean, at some point you just have too many dishes. Like, what else, what else am I going to do with them? So, yeah. The dining plan builds in and I've stolen dishware, so <laughs> right. I just gotta get my money's worth. <laughs> but to be fair, I have learned the error of my ways. I'm appreciative of what David did for me, so and now I'm the one just kinda nudging my roommate to uh I've take always, care of that. I've always but. been the mom of my apartment, <laughs> but I think that there's a Mama Melly. There you get like a like self-righteous like anger out of like being unappreciated, <laughs> which I think I feed on in some yeah, ways in and of itself. <laughs> it's better than if it was an even playing field because you get to feel like yeah, I get to be annoyed at my roommates. Yeah, I feel more yeah, adult. Then, I feel like a real person. Right? Yeah, you get the upper hand in that sense, even if it goes unappreciated. <laughs> yeah, although I have going down to only three roommates rather than eight roommates was like a vast improvement. And I bet yeah, and then accordingly my. The first time I went back to my college house after graduating, it was not great. <laughs> <laughs> you did the dishes anyways, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually, that's true. Yeah. I did, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't, I have a thing about it. I can't leave a dish this, unwashed. And now, that's, that, that makes me think of the, the mother and ladybird. Okay. He's doing the bed in the motel room, which I think is insane. We can't get into this <laughs> immediately. We can, no. But, so, I, text, I texted Dan after watching Ladybird. Because I knew that you had loved it, and we yeah. previously talked about it, and I was like, I, the problem, I, the problem of this movie is, and maybe it just reflects on me, is that I was like relating to the Laurie Metcalf character, right. <laughs> and you were like very much fancying yourself the Saoirse yeah. Ronan character. I exactly. So I like, I think we can't live yeah. each other. <laughs> right. Here. Um, and we should maybe get into a relationship with your mother. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to answer that on the air, but <laughs> that'll be the most exciting segment of the pod. Yeah. Dan's relationship with his mom. Okay, yeah, we can, we can, we can dive right into that. She's going to be... I'm definitely going to send this to her because she, she eats up any kind of interview I do. She oh, gets good. Are you close, it, you're so. close to your mom? Yeah, I would say so. Oh, we actually are talking. Yeah, now we're... Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Her name's Annie. Annie? Yeah. Was it, are you an only child? No, I'm the, but I'm the oldest child. The oldest. Whatever that so. means. I'm the oldest. Can handle I'm that. the youngest. Well, youngest, youngest okay. too, but... Yeah. Oldest to how many? Two. Oh, oh, okay. So that's right. not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Do you miss her? Well, you know, with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad start. That was a horrible... I should no. have said yes. <laughs> so but what I was going to say is, in this modern day of technology, 
I don't feel that estranged from her. I feel estranged from my dog, who oh. I don't get to talk too much. Dog is not at all. No. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, no, not even a flip phone, for goodness sakes. Oh, so you don't, because you could go on uh, FaceTime when you, you call over? Yeah, no, uh, we haven't done that. Uh, she's not really responsive to, like, TV. Some dogs, like, see a dog on TV and it's, like, yeah. get excited, so I feel like she wouldn't appreciate my facsimile image, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm grateful. Nice. Talk, talk, talk to mom on the phone. Dude, I was a phone. So I, I text, text my, my mom texts me like every day. My mother does not count texting as adequate forms of communication. She's like, oh, I haven't talked to you in like months. I was like, mom, I texted you today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Does this count? I'm like, what? <laughs> I would, I need text to count and emails. Yeah. John, Johnny will be like, my roommate will be like, oh, I need to call my mom. And I never, I never talk to my mom on the phone unless there's like, Usually, like, travel logistics to be worked out is, like, the warrants a phone call. Mom, what are you feeding me when I come home? But we text all the time. I'll send her pictures sometimes. She follows Instagram, Instagram or what? Um, she has an Instagram. I don't think she, like, really knows how to use she it. Just, I think she doesn't eat up the content? Well, because I have young siblings. My, my brother is in high school and my sister's in middle school. And so I, she has, like, the, like, firewall Instagram. Where, like, she has it and they're forced to, like, let her follow them as like a watchdog. I don't right, think she uses right. it, but, but it's not like, like an just knowing that the mom is there is frightening. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well we got completely derailed from our, our, our minimal running segment, but <laughs> you are you're live tweeting. Speaking of the modernity and te- technology. Yes, exactly. So from Instagram to Twitter. Yeah, I'm I'm live tweeting for under the at New York Roadrunners uh, Twitter handle. Uh, How much are, are they letting you uh, be be Daniel Wynn Twitter personality? I think I think they want me to be Daniel in Twitter personality. Hopefully that's uh, what, what they, they do want. Uh, it's a good... So, you can throw in a plug. I will say you you are one of my favorite people to oh, follow on Twitter. Oh, thank you so witty, much. So. Yeah. Follow our listeners out there. Give them a follow. <laughs> yes, the, please. What's the handle? At Daniel Wynn. Easy. Right. If you can spell my name, yeah, I, then you're there. See, I made my Twitter yeah, long enough because I'm, I'm David Likes You. And then it's like, people don't realize that it's me, and then it's like weird, but I like, it's now too late, and like, David Melly's taken, so Oh, like, yeah. It's a... I, you know. now, my, my, my current roommate, when we were in high school, tried to get me into Twitter, so I just made the bland Daniel Wynn mm-hmm. handle, but I didn't use it for like, four or five years, because I wasn't, I was, re- I was reluctant. My problem is that... Um, Fortunately, he did. Now I have the, the regular name. I feel like rare. I'll get the engage. It's like the classic. It's like Instagram. Like I think you made a joke about this one time where like you post the running photo to Instagram and it gets like 10,000 likes and then you post something like funny or interesting and everyone's like, nah, fuck you. I'm here for the running photo. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, I just bleed followers with yeah. anything not running. But. but but that's the... I feel like that happens on like it, Twitter too. Is like all... Fi- I, I find myself very funny. No one else does. Oh, I'm like, funny. <laughs> and like, I'll be like, like I tweeted something. I tweeted something the other day about like Tina Turner's like monologue at the beginning of Proud Mary, and I, I thought it was hilarious. And of course, no one did. And I tweeted like something dumb about like outdoor NCAA's, and like everyone was like, "Oh, like, yeah, throw that the face." Like, although I, I, in fairness, I was making a running comparison when it came up because I was saying that it's the. She has like the she goes like we're gonna start this nice and easy, but then we're gonna finish nice and rough. And like I always then like I was saying that that's like a lot of workouts are like that. It's like you're supposed to start nice and easy, you're supposed to finish still nice, a little rough. Absolutely. <laughs> and it was uh, 
uh, funny to me and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> Zero likes. Yeah. Soon after yeah. tweeted. So if you go off the rails and start tweeting about just some, like anything that's on your mind under the New York Roadrunners. Uh, oh, specific. yeah. I'll, no, I'll try to stay on topic. <laughs> are you going to be in the cart or are you going to be... Uh... I'm going to be in a tent near or at the finish line. So I'm just going to have the television. Right. I've always wanted to ride in the cart. It just I know. sounds like an absolute blast. Yeah. It does seem fun, although I feel like I would be very... I feel like I'm not good at multitasking when, like, on, like, I've ridden on golf carts before, and I I think the second I focus not on staying on the golf cart, I, like, come off. very close to falling off. It would be, it'd be an exciting part of a live tweet if I did fall off the, the car. You fall off the car. Yeah, watch, you just, you're watching the live stream. <laughs> you just see, like, a pack of, like, women running, and then just Dan's body just yeah, rolling, like, tumbling, tripping on the roll like yeah. a bowling ball. <laughs> It would, uh, I'd watch that. I would too. Yeah. My arms would be akimbo. That would go yeah. viral. Do you have, a, do you have oh, a favorite so. for the race? Um, Something you're interested in. Well, like yeah. So, yeah. So I've been doing my research on this. There's I one obvious answer, just so you know. Oh, really? There's one. I'll let you say it. Okay. On the guy side or on the girl side? I have two obvious answers then. If we're talking both sides. Okay. Crawford, what's your favorite for the race? Yeah. Favorite. Men's race, venture, hundred percent. No way untested. he loses. Untested. <laughs> it's gonna be a regular Salinsky 10k. Sure, out there. sure. I am so excited. He's the only non-doper in the race. Oh wow. <laughs> no, wait. Okay. Whoa, whoa. If you guys are familiar with Ben True's no caffeine philosophy. Oh, that's true. He, in his mind, he's the only yes, no yes, exactly. That's a very narrow. And I respect that. Let me just say, for the record, I don't drink coffee either. So. I don't either, actually. Oh, so you're I'm clean, 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 yes, sport, clean sport. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, that I drink enough coffee for the three of us on average. Sure. Yeah, you're filthy, filthy doper. Uh, that's, I'm, I both don't believe in, like, the effectiveness of supplements, and I take like seventeen supplements. <laughs> I don't think they work. I just don't. Right. I don't think they do either. That's the thing. But I take so I take like B twelve and D and like yeah. all that stuff. And it's the it's the classic thing of like I'll make a three dollar investment and like potentially get it. Like I'll spend. You know, it's like we spend so much money on like more stupid shit. Like I'll spend three dollars on a bottle of iron pills on the off chance that those three dollars are making me a better runner. You know. Yeah. But, fair. Fair. So. Are, Dan, what's your non-caffeine, like, what's what's behind it? It's just, it's like, um, like, an, an aversion slash fear of, like, a dependency. It's okay. almost like, it's right. almost just like the amount of things you have to do during the day. You have to, like, you have to brush your teeth, you have to do all these things, and, like, to, I just don't want to have another thing on that line like the rest of, like, daily <laughs> activities. And then, and then I'm also, I'm wary of just the the effects just, like, wearing off as I get, like, you know, like that kind of thing where it, it, you don't keep getting that same effect from it. So yes, I, that's true. So uh, I understand. So. Staring at my venti. Yes, exactly. I, I am fully, fully addicted, and of course I do the thing where I, like, selectively read, like, you know, like, you can read, like, any article that's like, this is good for you, this causes cancer. Right. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and I selectively read the ones that say it's good for you, and I'm like, it's good, but it does, I do, like, have, like, pretty high like chronic anxiety and caffeine is really not good for that <laughs> yeah. so I, that I think is like the one the, the one thing it's cursed me with but I, I'm, I'm kind of persuaded by those like pop science articles honestly caffeine, yeah, totally. coffee does seem like it's good for you it's, it's, that seems like where the consensus is sort I, of heading but I'm uh, always like oh well 
my philosophy that is not actually a philosophy is like the vagueness of like if it's been around for a while. Like, I think, oh, like interesting. Coffee, oh. like, well, so it's like the thing of like coffee and beer. It's like so civilizations have had coffee yeah. and beer since like the dawn of time, and it's the like. It's the five-hour energies. It's the like. It's the chemically created that's stuff. That's why I smoke like, at least okay. two or three cigarettes. <laughs> I was gonna say, are cigarettes too new to to meet that? Well, they, our culture was founded on tobacco farming. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well. Well, I. Not not that like cigarettes are even remotely good for you, but like you know, your lungs. What are you talking about? There's Don't a, smoke. There's kids. a difference between like, you know, like, a like, tobacco grown on a farm in the 1600s rolled into a cigarette versus, like, all of the carcinogens that, like, currently go into Just it. like Timothy Chalamet in Lady Bird. He only oh, rolls hand-roll. Or he only smokes hand-roll. He knows, he knows. Yeah. Never industrial. Alright, I, I want to talk about movies, so let's get to the, oh let's get to the, your favorites for the race, and then we can move on. Oh, yeah, no, uh, Samu, I think, is gonna win. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think, the obvious pick there, but I, sure. I just, I don't know, I'm too... I'm too big on the debut. I just think there's some magic about it, and he's just gonna pull something out of his ass, and it's gonna be amazing. I would, I would be if he got top three. I think that would be a huge debut. That because cool. it's a really deep field. I want to see how Dayton um, does. I, that's my like. I like, I like him. I don't know. I, yeah. Um, he he seems like a good guy. He seems a lot happier now than he was. So yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. always hope for that. Oh yeah, I'm rooting for him. Um, yeah, and then and then Sisson on the on the women's side. Obviously, she has some really some like East Africans with like insane PRs to deal with among others but she shows up in just the way the way she did last year she's um, has well to be if last chance is any indicator she is very fit yeah because she true, ran true. Katrina paced her like 3k of that 5k at last chance and she like it was almost like the rabbit was like holding her back. Like she like yeah. opened it up and picked it up once the rabbit went off and just looked so smooth. So. I've never felt like that in my entire life. <laughs> no, <laughs> that the me rabbit either. is holding me back. Oh, before we move on, favorite. Well, my favorite on the women's side, Des Linden. Have to respect it. Yeah. I just love her. I just love her grind. I love what she's about. Like not a super high profile, not a big flashy Instagram kind of runner. She just kind of does what she does and she's good at it and. I respect it. I she's think. one of my favorite runners. Yeah. In, she's like currently. Um, she hasn't yet, including like running this last year, really proven herself at the half. So it's like True. she has more of a drop off historically. Yeah. Her PR, her PR half. is definitely a little bit so, lower than some of the other but, girls, but, but she, she does, could she's she's good and like anything, runs right? smart and could could yeah. if she won that wouldn't shock me. She does yeah. seem to me like one of she those people who like can run like a half, and then could run a marathon at that same at the same, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, she does run uh, like an even yeah, she's half. A, she gets it, though. Like, she definitely is the type of person who, like, I think under, takes a, a good, like, view of the sport. Like, doesn't take herself too seriously. And yeah. I always, I always value that. And, and uh, someone I want to be a fan of, I, I think, having a little bit of a self-awareness and not being, <laughs> like, always, like, super invested and sincere about everything is, is fun. It's more she's one of the runners that I, I feel like I've definitely never met anyone who's not a fan. I mean, yeah. yeah. She's, like, and and you can always tell, like, I think the way that, like, other pros talk about runners, like, I think often, often speaks volumes. Like, 
I remember like when Shalane won New York, like the just seeing like the pouring in of like everyone who's like ever run professionally right. being like, Shalane's the best person ever, so deserving. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're you're what your peers think of you is indicative of of who you are as a person. For It'd sure. be nice though if there were some people that were like, I, I hate Shalane and are just really publicly <laughs> pissed about the victory. That would be I, don't I, know, I always I like a I like a good call out. Uh, yeah. I mean I think like one of the ways our sport could be more interesting is if people were a little less tactful and political and polite about everything. Yes. I so, think, so which runners do you not like? Top three. Well, uh, obviously, as an athlete who is partially supported by the Nike Incorporated running company, I would never speak ill of another Nike runner, sure. regardless of how uh, circumspect and <laughs> uh, sketchy their training is. And... <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's definitely people, like, I don't know, there's, I don't, I don't think that there's that many people that I have strong feelings against, but there's people I really like, and it's, it's more the boring people. Yeah, well, like. and yeah, um, it's hard, especially when you're, like, meeting people, like, it's hard to start rooting against them or continue rooting against them. Just from, like, growing up watching, like, sports, I'm a big fan of really jumping to a hatred like as quickly and on as little evidence as possible. Oh, like my so, podcast nemesis, Kyle Murray. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, so, so he's your least favorite runner. <laughs> no, I he seems like it. a good guy. He uh, actually... <laughs> I think you should go with uh, him. You know, has always uh, I, in our very minimal interactions has been nice, but he yeah. is also my podcast nemesis. Yeah, exactly. See, he, no, that's... he announced his podcast on the same day that my first episode <laughs> of this came out and it's like my, like, no one knows who the fuck I am, like, I'm trying to ride on, like, I, we've got some, like, pretty surprisingly, like, big-name guests, considering how, like, small this little operation is, but I, I want people to be like, oh, this is this good thing that no one knows about, and, he, like, literally the morning our first episode came out, he's like, I'm announcing a podcast with Alexi Pappas, and I'm like, oh, cool, the two, like, biggest fan bases in running yeah. coming together. <laughs> To do a podcast like this definitely won't drown out my narrative at all. <laughs> what so is that? I, this is about uh, books, right? Yes. So I, I, if if you run into, should, this, I would, I don't, I'm not sure what book they talked about. We should talk about. We should have talked about this book, or in a future podcast, you should talk about the same book that they discuss well, and really try to get competitive with I, them. I am going for the attitude of he. I don't really think he knows who I am or has any awareness of me. But if I just put out there enough with people who do know him that he is my nemesis, I think that will then become a rivalry. Absolutely. <laughs> and he'll bring me up with his <laughs> fame, and then I'll, you know, be able to, you know, capitalize on that shamelessly. Yeah, we need but some pod drama. That's what the Absolutely. I'm all about stirring up pod. I got in a fake fight with Chris Chavez because he had Lewis on the podcast before I did, so I was, like, just, like, poking him the whole time, like... You Chavez, should ask like, for loyalty out of your listeners. Yeah. They yeah. listen to this. Oh, you didn't know that there's a non-compete clause in this? <laughs> okay, see, that's... <laughs> and yeah, coming no, on, I'm you're not no longer allowed. Wait, am I not allowed to go on other podcasts either? Oh, or? definitely. You signed a contract. <laughs> oh, we forgot. paid you your six-figure yes. appearance fee. I knew I should have read that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we uh, definitely are welcome all, you know. Is it, it specific to running, or is it, like, all podcasts are off? All of them. All of them. Wow. Yeah, you can't yeah. oh can go podcast, on, uh, <laughs> book podcast, everything. Wow. Uh, I have a lot of crossover guests with, um, you know, How Did This Get Made and, and WTF. Sure, so, sure. So they, you yeah. know, 
the rivalries are fierce. No, this is honestly just a deeply transparent attempt to get him to come on to my podcast right. to settle the beef. But we'll see. Settle how the it beef, goes. Kyle. <laughs> um, put it to bed. Speaking of, this is a good transition. Sure. Beef. How's it? Beef. How's it going on, New yeah. Jersey, New York? It's it's really fun. Um, like I mean, I, I knew a lot of the people already, so it's not it wasn't it's not surprising that I'm having a really good time hanging out with a bunch of my best friends in the running world, but uh, it's, been, it's been a really good time, and um, it's a really like supportive, tight-knit group, uh, which I don't live anywhere near, so I have that slight alienation. Yeah, but how, does that that even, how does that work for you? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's like uh, commuting to workouts kind of thing, and then um, I have uh, my... Uh, my old uh, college friend Steve Finley coaches the Brooklyn Track Club. Oh, yeah. And so through him, I've been able to, yeah, I've got a bunch of running buddies oh, nice. near me. So it's not, I'm not a, a totally like solo, you know, depressed and lonely and in well, Williamsburg. Depressed and lonely for other reasons. Exactly, yeah. yeah I'm not, uh, yeah. <laughs> but not, but it's not for a lack of training partners. Gotcha. Well, that's good. That's yeah. like, that's a very Boston thing is the, the, club crossover so i'm glad that, that continues here as yes well. exactly oh yeah yeah there's tons yeah. of groups what are your yeah so you've lived I mean, you lived in boston for a while now mm-hmm. you're in new york for i mean a couple months, couple so. months yeah yeah you, you basically get a seasoned new yorker at this point exactly uh, yeah what are your thoughts on the new york scene versus the boston scene uh for running or yeah for, for, or, oh yeah okay start with that. yeah um well boston the whole East Coast is, like, so different from the West Coast. So mm-hmm. when I moved to Boston, I was like, how are there just constantly, like, everywhere I looked was, like, a sub-14 5K runner. Like, it was just crazy. Whereas, like, in Portland, which is a great running town, but there would be so many road races where, like, a 16-minute 5K would win that thing. It's just, like, unheard of. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like maybe maybe I'm behind on, maybe Portland's uh, uh developed since I, I, I was doing a lot of I know yeah that might, that might be out of date See, information I don't want to okay, don't hold me to races. do not hold me to I'm that thinking, Portland I but. think about it I guess maybe specifically track wise but I feel like I've had like I'm probably going to fly out to Portland to get in a quality 5k because it's kind of hard to find northeast right. races on, oh, at least on the track sure. like, well yeah for, for hosting they I yeah. love uh, like Lewis and Clark tracks that was my district meet in high school, mm-hmm. so I, I, I love that track, I have, like, all my PRs are from there, um, and, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's still a good running culture, but, like, mo- like, in Boston, it was, there was just so, there was just so many elite people, mm-hmm. um, people as opposed to just, like, the, you know, the handful of people out in Beaverton and a couple others in Portland, it felt, there's out in the woods then, yeah, yeah, um, and then, uh, New York is, like, the, the running culture with just all these people that are showing up to these like running groups like is just rampant obviously there's just so many more people in Boston but it is uh, like there's I went to a run with Victor Cruz uh that's you grew up in the West Coast, yeah. but you're like a you're like an East Coast boy at heart, exactly. which I love. Exactly, just like uh, Lady Bird. Yeah. I I feel like I know a lot you of really West Coast people. No, no, okay. I know a lot of West Coast people that are like very like West Coast, West Coast. Like, yeah. And, oh yeah. That's, I remember so like true. I think one of the first conversations we had was you being like, "Oh no, I had to come to the East Coast. Like, yeah. I'm never gonna leave." That was the plan. Uh, I knew I liked him for a reason. <laughs> what's the What's the motivation behind that? Uh, I would the probably it probably starts the kernel of it probably started with Seinfeld. 
would probably be okay. the the romance, you the be utopia where, you that was. You want to be where culture is. I want to, or at least, uh, you know, uh, what what is New Hampshire or Connecticut where writers <laughs> live in the woods. I mean, you know, uh, you we're saw those we're apartments now in Lady Bird. Just yeah. <laughs> you saw the apartments in Seinfeld and Friends, and you're like, wow, these guys had them. Right, I was like, those apartments are humongous. You could live in a sick apartment, like, just work at a coffee shop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do, I will say, Friends gets a bad rap now. I feel like there's been this weird reaction against Friends because it was, like, the peak of the, like, laugh-tracked sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a young 20-something person, like, re-watching the first season of Friends right when I moved to Boston, which I think before it got, like, so huge, they, like, really perfectly nailed that feeling of just, like, kind of being lost and on your own, and, like, you're, you have your friends, but, like, it's, like, really all you have, and, like, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for that as much as, uh, the comedy snobs of the world might look down on, on Friends relative to Seinfeld. Definitely I do, yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I also think that it, it, it feels more New York to live in sort of like a cramped confines. Like, you're almost missing out on some of the city. Like, I like riding the subway. I, I, I'm still... Oh, I love it. Don't even get me started on the subway. Oh, man. I, I, oh, I'm prepared best, to get you started. I don't I know. I love it. might start. My, one of my best friends from high school is doing his master's at Columbia right now. And he is, he is a writer. He you know, uh-huh. has an English major at Columbia. He's getting his master's in fine arts. And is living, like, in... Like, you know, like, Allen Ginsberg's neighborhood, like, in an apartment that, like, you can touch both the walls, yes. like, with your hands, and, like, I enjoy having a big kitchen in my boss's <laughs> apartment, but I can see the, like, I feel like New York people love, like, fancying themselves as super hardcore about how New York they are, and that's definitely part <laughs> exactly. of it. Exactly. Um, hating, hating New York is the most New York thing. <laughs> like, or loving the hate, I guess. Love the hate, yeah. Yeah. I also, when we, our friend Sam, uh, used to live, or was here in the summer and subletted an apartment in Harlem that was clearly previously owned by a female African-American hairdresser because there literally was a barber chair in the living room of the apartment and the art on the walls was all like different like African hairstyles and there was a bunch of like uh like sculptures and stuff and it was like two white dudes from like Canada and Wisconsin (laughs) subletting in this apartment it was just the most ridiculous thing ever but it was very New York and that's they should have started cutting hair yeah, made a little, made a couple dollars on the yeah, side. Yeah, you hustle. have to have a side hustle. You need a side hustle. <laughs> are you are you working aside from running? You I've got yeah, running? I'm dog walking. That's why that's my side, side hustle. hustle absolutely, right there. yeah. That's nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Is that good money in the in the city? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it is. Bad. It is like this rich clientele, uh, which I mean. It's not like I'm not I'm not getting rich off of it. I mean, the amount of dogs I would have to walk to afford to have my dog walked is uh, <laughs> too many to count. But uh, no, it's 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 cool, um, and and it's been a really fun way to like learn the city like quickly, because um, I'm all over like kind of like the Lower East Side and the East Village and that kind of thing. And when you miss um, your dog, you well <laughs> does your dog know you're cheating? Yeah, no, it's it's sort of it's sort of it sort of makes me miss her more and less at the same time, um, but it makes me appreciate her more because she's 
a much better dog than mm-hmm. all the dogs I walk. And it, it gives me more, you know, people, people always like to talk up their dogs, but now I feel like I have a more like objective perspective on the, no, no, it's not, I'm not just like, this, Your dog is no, this is isn't biased that you know, yeah, my like, dog is an asshole. Like, oh, so, okay, well, yeah. see, good, you're, you, you can see through your right. attachment, but, uh, you know, some people are just gonna, you know, talk about their dogs like they're my dog, and they're, that's not I, the case, and I've seen, I've, I've walked a lot of dogs, <laughs> and my dog's better than those dogs. Wow. I have notoriously, I'm notoriously not a dog person, because I, not that I'm, a cat guy? No, I never had pets growing up, so I'm not, like, an animal person, and my mom is very, like, anti-pet animals, so yeah. I've, gro- I've grown to, I always have a dog person person. Like, I like dog people, right. but I'm not a dog yeah. person. Yeah, one removed. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that, I definitely have noticed that I felt like if you're not raised a cat person, you don't become a cat person later that's in life. That's true. I yeah. wasn't sure that was true with dogs. And I'm, the other thing I think that's true with is, like, board games. Well, it's interesting, because, like, I feel like with dogs, I'll put a pin in the board sure. game thing. <laughs> like, people feel so... As someone who is not, like, on a team, dogs versus cats, like, people feel so strongly. I was having this conversation the other night where, like, I was like, you know, I would, I would get a dog for, like, my significant other or my family. Like, it's, you know, it's like, I'm not personally, like, dying to have a dog, but, like, I could be talked into it. And I know multiple, multiple people who are like, if my significant other doesn't want a dog, that's, like, a deal breaker for the relationship. And that's such an extreme Absolutely. opinion yeah. to me <laughs> as someone who is, doesn't have the, like, see the appeal. I think it's, 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 one, it's sacrificing this thing that they're probably used to most of their life. But also, I think they, it, it feels like a sacrifice of identity a little bit. And that they're like, I, I am a dog person. Where's the proof of it? You know, I don't yeah. want to... Like, well, and I think for, I, I think for a family, like, uh, although Lewis wants, I was about to say, Lewis and Johnny are going to now make you get an apartment dog. <laughs> well, the, but that's the thing, though, is that we all, like, first of all, I don't, like, good good for rich people having dogs in New York, but like, it's it's like a fucking animal cruelty to have a dog in a tiny apartment oh, in New York. Like, totally agree. And well, cer- I mean, like, certain little teacup bag dogs. Are yeah, I guess. Nice. But like, but we. My roommates are always like, we should get a dog, we should get a dog. I'm like, who's going to take care of that dog? It's going to be all, you. We all, well, it's going to be me, first of all, but, like, on a day-to-day basis. But, like, we all we go for away for meets and stuff. We all go to work. Like, it's not... You have to be, like, a real adult to, like... Absolutely. Have, I think you have to, like, have, like, a house and a, a family before dogs come into play. Much like drinking coffee, that's not something I want to commit to every day of my life. Yeah. Yes, so except... You know, with the dog, it's a it's a living, breathing thing whose poop you have to touch. So. Yes. <laughs> um, board games, though, you're, you you think, think board games are a if oh. you're not if you're not raised playing board games, I don't think you ever get started. Are you a board game kid? I am. Yeah. All right. What favorite board game? Chess. <laughs> Chess. Is that a board? Uh, <laughs> what kind of, kind of you want? You want more of like a communal a board like game? social game? Yes, I'm like, thinking more like. Shoots and ladders. Oh, uh, like true. Sorry, I, I loved Candyland when I was a kid. <laughs> what was it? I loved Candyland when I was a kid. Candyland is Clues. 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 Clues are all my favorite, favorite games. <laughs> Candyland's the worst of all. That's Clues. weird luck. The characters. Clue. Clues was my is my like actual probably favorite board game. Clues great. Clues, um, good game. Clue the movie is one of my favorite <laughs> weird cult movies. <laughs> um, and. I also think Scrabble is like absolutely. I, I like Scrabble and poker. To me, are great group activities because it's like 
just enough to do to like keep you occupied, but it's also still you can like keep a conversation going. We went through a phase in high school because we were super cool. Where it's like our version of senior slumping was that my friends started bringing a Scrabble board to school and we would just like play in the back of class or play during free periods or. I got I got uh, yeah I got I got in big trouble uh, in high school for playing Scrabble in the library. I think I got suspended for that. You got suspended, but it was a cumulative thing. It was like I was arguing and it was a whole problem. Were you difficult in high school? Oh yeah. You truly are a uh, social. Oh yeah, exactly. I didn't even. I wasn't even trying to further prove my case, which is. Did you? You didn't go to Catholic school, did you? No. Okay. You go to public school. Public school, Grover, Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland, Oregon. The the most important Cleveland. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just the. It's just it the might be of, Just the name of a president. There's. It's not a part of Portland. Is that what? Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, Southeast. Are, are you in um, Colby? Bonded by your Cleveland assistant. It's one of the first things he said to me, yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Although you're wearing, you're wearing a Trailblazers jacket, so I imagine that's oh. where the uh, the alliances end. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I have been rooting against the, the Cavs for a, for a very long time. <laughs> that's one of my... I, I don't feel strongly about anything except baseball and track, basically, sports-wise. Baseball. <laughs> I, I, I grew up on baseball. My, what have you ever expressed interest in baseball? That was always the sport that I... I don't follow it as closely currently, but like that was my, it's kind of like growing up on it. It's yeah. like you, you like the sports that you grew up on. And my mom is like a diehard Red Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we always... Very indicative of my family that like you knew who was driving the car last... Because if it was NPR, it was my dad. And if it was WEEI, Boston Sports Radio, <laughs> it was my mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I know a lot of people who are vehement non-Patriots fans. Like, not that they even have necessarily have a strong allegiance to another team. They just hate the Patriots. And that's how I started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, one of the first football games I ever watched was the Tuck Rule game. Oh, yeah. Against the Raiders. Uh, which they should not have won. Uh, bad call. And uh, and then Tom Brady, I read in the Oregonian the next day, said that he said they got the call right. He thought they got the call right. And I've hated him and the Patriots ever since because of that. And that's what I'm talking about when I say pick, find a reason to root against an athlete, myself and included, stick with it. and just <laughs> stick with it. And it's fun. Think about how much fun I had at this Super Bowl. We should, right, we so got to come up with top three yeah. most hated. <laughs> Well, why is this I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure. Them. You just set yourself up for it. I'm saying them. you should have them, not necessarily that you should state them publicly. Well, as a, I was going to say, as a, as a former Oregon duck, you should know all about being the dynasty that everyone loves to hate. Oh, yeah, and, and then you should also <laughs> revel in being hated, because it's fun. That's but you get to at least play the, like, walk-on card. You guys like, the I fun know. little Cinderella <laughs> stories so people like to root for you. It's not just like, oh, yeah, your dad was Olympian. No wonder you won 17 I, NCAA yeah. championships. I remember, t- <laughs> I think I... I think I said to someone, I was like, uh, oh, it was Chris Derrick, because he's Stanford, so he should just hate us even more than the regular person, and who's running tomorrow. Oh, all right. Um, he's a good one to root for. I think he, I think he, sure. he also I, I wanna, I think is going to finish really high up. I, I, from what I've heard from having Matt Hughes on the podcast, I think the Bowerman guys very much get the philosophy of what this is about, so I'm trying to see if I can finagle sure. having more of them on. Yeah. On. I want to have Woody on because Woody's. Well, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say Woody's got his own. Woody podcast, is so. true. He yeah, he probably tr- a perfect candidate for yeah. <laughs> runner mouth. I, I, I think he would do it. 
But I, I, I asked Chris, I'm like, you guys don't hate me as much as the other guys, right? Because I... Yeah, you're lovable. <laughs> you know, I have this whole walk-on thing going for me. He's like, eh, not really. It's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's still. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think there's there's a certain like because we have like the like Cornell Princeton rivalry is like deeply ingrained because yeah. we always have well until this year had like the team rivalry with first and second, and that was always the thing. It's like you could meet the nicest, sweetest great Princeton runner in the world, you're just like, but still fuck you, because Princeton... Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, that's, and that's the thing, also, let me just say, you should compartmentalize these hatreds. You, sure. know, you shouldn't, like, hate a runner and then, like, hate them, hate them, but you yes. should hate them in the right, you know, healthy way, in which it makes it more exciting to watch a race. Well, and it's always, that's, going back to, like, the Patriots thing, like, I feel like so often, like, I get, I get the Patriots critique, I get the Tom Brady critique, Especially the, like, Trump stuff is real hard to, like, be an apologist for. My Boston loyalties, like, trump a lot of that. No pun intended. (laughs) But at the same time, I, like, understand why people... But then there's people who, like, hate them so viscerally and strongly that it's like you're giving them such power over you to feel that strongly. Yeah, too much attention. You already lost. And why wouldn't you... Like, get benefit... Like, it's so fun when to, like, root for someone, and it's just kind of, like, it's not a, as satisfying to root against someone's, like... Yeah. I agree. I agree. Fair. I just work... So I work for a company that's based in Boston, our headquarters in Boston, and everyone there is just the most diehard Boston sports fan ever. Like, everyone, every new person that gets hired is just, like, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins for life. <laughs> and it just... I don't have a strong allegiance to any other, like, real sports franchises. Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time, and don't (laughs) tell me otherwise, because I will fucking come to your house and kneecap you. He's a system quarterback. (laughs) Uh, No, that, uh, growing up in that, I didn't, I actually didn't know until I went to college that, like, everyone didn't love the Patriots. Oh, (laughs) yeah, sure. (laughs) Because I don't follow football that closely, and so, like, I like, talk about a sheltered upbringing, like, I was like, oh, it's great, like, it's so fun to watch them, because they win all the time, and, like, Tom, and, of course, I should know better, because being a Red Sox fan, I hate the Yankees more than life itself, Right. and, like, I'm like, oh, it's like, he's so good at the sport, he's so fun to watch play, and people are like, you don't understand. <laughs> I was actually, this, I was really, I thought this was funny, I was at an elevator wearing a, a blazer thing the other day, and this guy in a Yankee hat was like, should be wearing that around here in New York. <laughs> And I was like, what? The, what? the Blazers aren't, like, hey, even in the same Blazers-Knicks rivalry. And he, like, and, and, he, and, he, and he was, like, spelling it out for me. He's like, you could you could wear Mets stuff, Yankee stuff, fine. But but Portland? <laughs> and I was, I was really thrown to it. I was like, wow, I didn't think uh, I was getting anyone heated over this. My coworker is a diehard Eagles fan, and I had two Christmases ago gotten her an Eagles scarf for Christmas. And, of course, when they won, she was, like, wearing it every single day afterwards mm-hmm. and I was like you're gonna we were like went out to lunch and I'm like they're gonna spit in your food like you have to be careful it's, it's people don't mess around with this I wouldn't be worried about that that's, that's a, the, yeah. the first time I ever went to a baseball game was in Seattle and I'm a Red Sox fan also that's the whole thing oh, that see I, that's I, the loyalty people right people don't like that I like the Giants New York Giants and the Red Sox that's, that's the whole thing that just happened Portland we don't have those teams so you just so I find, you find yeah. arbitrary reasons to like um, just like, like arbitrary like reasons favorites. to not like. Yes, exactly. This is, I'm all about being as arbitrary as possible uh, for the sake of hatred. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's yeah. the pull quote from the episode. <laughs> in this no case, context. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning's favorite TV show, Seinfeld. Read that in Sports Illustrated for kids, so that's how so that that's happened. Like it. That was just a. I love that. Society. That's great. Yeah. But um, but so I wanted to wear a Nomar Garcia Parra jersey oh. to Safeco Field, and my dad was like, "Thought we were gonna get attacked <laughs> in Seattle," and then he he turned out to be very mistaken because <laughs> it's. People from Seattle, and it's not. There's not a specific nice rivalry yeah. anyway. As um, long as you you stay out of the like true like division rivals for most things, I think people can yeah. expect. What? We have a pee. Okay. <laughs> Talk about Ladybird. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we'll take a. Crawford's gonna take a pee break. All right. Best movies 2017. <laughs> I'll be back. You know, uh, well, Ladybird esque movie that I can't get anyone to watch and I besides the person I saw it with I don't know anyone who's seen it it's Landline I've heard that was good it's really good and it's from the same person who wrote and directed Obvious Child I love that movie okay and it's starring Jenny Slate so same I, same I gotta, star as Obvious Child I gotta get so this on people need to be watching Landline especially if you're listening out there any Ladybird fans out there it's a very similar it's just a great movie for hilarious. me, the aesthetic of Lady Bird, most the thing it brought up most for me was uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Do you remember that movie? Yes, I did. Definitely like a differences in quality, <laughs> but it, it had it had that same sort of like high school, yeah, idealistic longing that that I think people can relate to for right. sure. Right. Yeah, and Michael Sarah's charming. Yes, okay. I think Kat Dunbar is really charming. I think she's she was great in that. The that movie I I'm curious about because Nick and Nora are the names of these uh, detectives from a Dashiell Hammett novel called The Thin Man, which was turned into five movies. It was in the '30s. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first like let's do a lot of sequels because this is popular kind of yeah. things. Way before that was a thing. But Which you hate just, in principle now, but you're... Oh, uh, yeah, well, in the past. no, those movies are great. <laughs> but uh, uh, studios got to calm down with the sequels these days. Um, Did you see Black Panther? Nope, because I you're don't watch superhero yeah, movies. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm strong. I, I should that probably can. watch Black Panther, but I, it's, I, don't I watch, made a rule for myself. I'm going to try to stick to it. I don't know. I didn't see Wonder Woman either. It's, yeah, it's thanks. just too late. Thanks. See, I'm I'm nice. anti Marvel. I don't. I generally don't like. I make an exception for Christopher Nolan Batman's, which I think oh. is its own separate thing. Well, I think he's part. It's sort of the kind of thing where like Jaws is a good movie, but then it started this summer blockbuster yeah. trend, where like Psycho started all these bad horror movies, and like Dark Knight kind of like was the impetus for studios churning out bad superhero movies. But he took his time with it. Well, th- honestly, the biggest fucking casualty of Dark Knight is that was Hans Zimmer does the did the Inception score. What do you mean casualty? So I ever since Inception and that score came out. Oh, every everyone wants single to do that same. Oh, absolutely. Like, That's exactly. Absolutely. You get yeah. you get the just like the the like humming pulsing music mm-hmm. and then the big bassy drops yeah. and that has to, that is now just like the proxy for gravitas in like any blockbuster movie. Yeah. And it's so bad and just like it's the same That's thing. The it's the same like, thing. Like after Born, how everyone just was like shaking their cameras furiously because yes. they thought it. Was Although cool. Quantum of Solace is the most underrated James Bond movie. Absolutely. Don't me on that. Rewatch that one. Remember, just go into it knowing that it's about water, 
not oil. I think it's easier to watch it that way. That's a, that's a spoiler. See, I think it's easier to watch if you think about it of being all about revenge and not and the plot, the actual like villain plot of the movie being pretty irrelevant. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, if you just say it's water up front, then you don't have to like think be, about. You them. don't have to be distracted by trying to keep up with like a very sort of mercurial. And plot. it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. It's, like, it's like if they did, and it was also like an like an hour and a half. And like the biggest problem with movies these days is that every single movie is half an hour too long. Like that's the biggest blockbuster problem. I did, however, see and like Black Panther. Black Panther. Yes. And Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm anti-superhero movies in general, but I want to financially support movies like that. Right. So, and they were good. I mean, they were, you know, it was like, I'm never going to watch it again, but it was like an entertaining two hours. Like, you tell me you didn't see Ant-Man? I did not, no. See, I want to financially support Paul Rudd. That's really important to me. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, didn't see <laughs> I definitely did not see that. I will say I... I um, not a, not a Paul Rudd big Paul no Rudd. What? Oh, what a shame he's fine but I, I don't know I don't the like the, um have you seen I Love You Man yeah mm-hmm. that movie is great insufferable <laughs> <laughs> the entire premise of that I love a good rom-com but I love a good rom-com and the entire premise of that movie is like what if men can't could be friends with each other like no but i think i mean now i haven't seen it in a while and and you think back and you go maybe that is going to come across as dated if i rewatch it but it definitely singled him out as this specific person who doesn't have male friends not like that's like a a yeah but just that i don't know it just seemed to me a very thin premise and like very much like based on like the like antiquated trope of like male friendships being this thing that we have to like exalt and celebrate as like such a special fucking snowflake thing that like you know like it, you know it's like every like Scorsese movie just being about like men relating to each other absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. groundbreaking yeah exactly um but I do my big bone to pick with you that we fought about off mic is uh, I think Big Sick was one of the best movies. Of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty seventeen, and you did not. We're not a fan. Not a fan. I'm yeah. putting you on record as that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I thought it. Uh, well, okay. So this is the kind of this is another kind of trope that I'm kind of sick of is comedians writing their self as a character who's like really like charming and affable and like has all these like great flirty lines that are like kind of like too polished for like reality but and, i think kamel nanjani is generally genuinely charming and affable he is but like it was a little too like it was the the it was either like be a screwball like a cary grant like Catherine hepburn movie yeah or but then you're not purporting to be reality mm-hmm. and with all like the like the coma stuff it was like this weird thing where they're like we're gonna this is realism this is what really happened to in my life and then it's like and here's my one-man show where i discuss cricket like odnasium which was great because i'm a huge cricket fan i loved hearing that stuff but it wasn't like believable that character was was really dumb to do that but then smart and other like it was totally inconsistent so it had it didn't it didn't like choose like, if it wanted to be, like, this, like, kind of larger-than-life, bubbly, escapist rom-com, or if it wanted to be, like, a somber, uh, kind of, like, 
character. I think, yeah, and I, th- I would argue that part of the, um, like, message of that movie is that, like, life is both. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think it was contradictorily. But. Yeah, and that, and that being in the world of comedy was one of the ways that they both, like, got through and, and, and you know, survived that situation. That but you could have had a... He could have been believably good slash bad at it, like in Sleepwalk With Me, which Mike Birbiglia mm-hmm. does a very similar kind of... He has a similar structure where it's like, this is about my life, and here's the jokes I was telling at this stage of my career, and here's the relationship that I was having. But that's all, all within realism, and yeah. it doesn't, like, go for the... I think, um, do, have you, do you watch Crashing? Pete Holmes' uh, show. I, I watched the first season, and yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, that, that does it a good way. A, it's a good show about comedy and life. Absolutely. Um, I, that's definitely, like, a trope that's very in vogue now, but I also have always loved comedy and love stand-up, so I am not mad that <laughs> yes. there's lots of TV shows and movies about comedy. Well, and then, just like Hans Zimmer started that, Seinfeld started that whole thing. Yeah. Or the Dick Van Dyke show, if you want to go back that far. Well, and I think there was a back to the Seinfeld friends thing. It's mm-hmm. like there was a shift away from comedians. Seinfeld brought that into Vogue and then friends brought the ensemble big bang theory, how I met your mother comedies Ooh. into Vogue. And now the mere fact that you associate Vogue. friends with well, big bang oh, no. theory is I, incriminating. I'm a friends loyal. Again, things we sure. grew up on. I grew up on friends. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the like, emotional attachment in a like fundamental psychological way but I can also rationally look at it now and be like wasn't the peak of comic expression like um and spawned a lot of shitty (laughs) material in the future um but I also think that there's been like a there's definitely been like a renaissance of the sort of like comedian centered you know that you look at like the like Amy Schumer's, the John Mulaney's, like, oh, even though... I'm still so, so heartbroken that Mulaney did not take off. <laughs> I heard, he, he's, like, gone on record and said that it was bad. Like, he wasn't think, happy about... Yeah, I don't know if that was, about. like, the way the show was, was, like, his kind of idea, or sort of what the studios wanted him to do. He is a very... He got, went on You Made It Weird, um, probably last year, and yeah. talked about that experience, and it, it was... It's a good listen for recommending podcasts to people, but, uh... No, he only listen to this podcast. That's yeah, true. You yeah. signed an agreement when you turned it on. When you downloaded, you, That's you a, committed. Can you call that a verbal agreement? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Auditory agreement? Absolutely. It's like the, the, the terms and conditions and, like, the iTunes licensing is that you have to be podcasting. Just put that at the beginning. When yeah. You, when the podcast. You're now when I go back and record the intro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You now can only listen to this. Um, but so no. try to enjoy it. <laughs> But yeah, no, he, he talks about how, like, I think, like, they had a vision and the studio production process kind of changed that vision and it ended that, up yeah. not, not quite what they wanted. Um, great. Well, not to, like, move on, but <laughs> I do want to play our game. We've been, we've been recording. Pamela Adlin has a great show, by the way. It's also about... Who does? Pamela Adlin. It's, uh, it's called uh, Better Things. Okay. And that's, I mean, she's an actor instead of a comedian, but she's a comedic actor. And that's another one of these things where it's like, she's a mom, like, single mom with three kids, same kind of, you know, just that kind mm-hmm. of, like, cinema verite. Yeah. I feel, I, pardon the French. I have 
not fully gotten into it, but I've seen a couple episodes yeah. and like them. Uh, Difficult People with Julie Klausner and Bill yeah, Wagner. I've seen to. a couple episodes yeah. and not gotten into that. <laughs> um, sure. But I want to. It's on the, li- it's on yeah. the list somewhere. I'm, I'm one of those people who admittedly has trouble getting into new shows just because yeah. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is always there. Yes. And I've, I've watched it a thousand times and I just, because I get home from work and I'm like, I could invest myself into something new or I could just put on the tried and true Always Sunny in Philadelphia. See, for me, that's... Makes it tough. That's always Archer for me. But yep. there's a lot of... Yep. The recently we've been running through as an apartment going back through the first three seasons of Arrested Development which I maintain is like truly some of the best television that was ever made and holds up so incredibly well and is so beautifully constructed within episodes over the course of episodes like I don't I don't know how the hell they nailed that but like it still blows my mind how incredible that show was I think it's second to Seinfeld time and uh and what i love about shows like that maybe rest development more than any other show i know but they were such fans of their own show i think that kind of comes across like they took so much joy in the like the little details of it that you you can't fake it and that it's valuable to try like i think that's the biggest thing is like they clearly put so much effort into narrative construction in that show, which is hard. And they and didn't care that consuming. it was before the internet and people were going to miss episodes and not know what was going yeah. on, but they got the joke. Well, it's like um, that that show and the first round of The Comeback. Did you ever see that? No, but I should. It's like, they're shows that like very clearly, although Arrested Development now is like totally like, I can't, it can't even be like cult status anymore because it's gone like well-deserved, oh, yeah. like has gotten such a fan base, but like no one watched it at the time. And the comeback was the same way, where it was just, like, two years before The Office, and, like, people just, like, now that now every show is The Office, mm-hmm. and, like, people weren't ready for that, and weren't ready for as real and weird and, like, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just, it was weird, you know? Like, I, I love a good weird show, and I love a show that embraces its own weirdness. Um, but anyways, we are, we've gone on very long, which I love. I knew that this was going to be a long episode, and you are, you're it's welcome okay. to come back anytime. But um, I do want to <laughs> play... I was contractually obligated. That's yeah, true. I yeah. can't do any You're on every episode <laughs> from here on out. You have um, a I am your podcast. co-host, Daniel Wynn. Speaking of uh, long commutes, you're going to have to come up every Friday morning. Right. Um, but uh, uh, I do want to play our game, because I was very proud of coming up with it. Oh, um, we're going to do yeah. a little dream casting of, of your New Jersey, New York teammates um, as a movie buff yourself. Oh, oh okay, okay. Well yeah, I, didn't, I didn't understand what dream casting meant for a second. I so it, we're, making, yes. you know, we're making a movie about sure. the uh, you know, lives and, and story of NJNY, okay. and, and who are we going to cast right. to play the roles. Okay. I had a couple ideas. I will say we're, we can take some liberties with age. So sure. I think if you're narrowing yourself to like early to mid twenty something actors, that's yes. a little. Do you do you feel like since you've only been around for a couple months, you're gonna have to like be extra nice and give people like <laughs> yeah, I was just saying. more handsome, more attractive? I think Steve like, Buscemi oh, <laughs> would be great for Johnny. <laughs> I see that. No. <laughs> He's one of those guys you're not quite good friends with yet, so you have to give yeah. him someone. Yeah, I think like a Leonardo DiCaprio for uh Yeah, you're just, you're just like, you're right, just, right. Yes, exactly. the cast of Ocean's Eleven, but just... Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I'm gonna. Uh, oh man, I want I want to hear your suggestions because I, 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 I like, thought of a couple. Actually, the one thing I thought of was that I would probably have Colby play himself, but I'll, I'll also try to come up with a. I a, I actually a had a good one for Colby. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Wait, and wait, this is because these are your friends, and I'm really only friends with Jesse, and like don't really know the rest of the But I've thought excellent. about it. So yeah, it gives you a better. Uh, more don't let them listen to this because it makes me seem creepy. But um, I think uh, I think Rob. Would, I think Timothée Chalamet would be a great Rob Napoleon. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I can totally go along with that. I see that. Um, I was thinking, for Colby, I was thinking uh, a, like, couple years ago, um, really campy, invested Oscar Isaac could play Colby. Oh, like, Oscar, one of my favorite actors. But, like, you know how he, like... But I'm not... Sh- I, I haven't seen him do... Now... In a most violent year, he wasn't very Colby-esque. I, I'm, I'm thinking that the energy he brought to, like, some of the, the weirder parts of Ex Machina, and then, like... Oh, his, Ex Machina, that's His good... role in, um... I saw that, that with That god-awful Zack Snyder movie he was in. Um, Sucker... Not Sucker Punch. Was it I Sucker Punch? Um, no idea. He plays, like, a weird, crazy prison warden in a Zack Snyder movie, and, like, I... He has, like, a, a level of scenery-chewing in some of his roles that I think could really uh, be a good... Okay, no, a good the, Ex Machina is a little persuasive. I'm g- Just because he's in my head, maybe, but I think Michael Sarah would also. <laughs> I, see, I thought that too, but I thought that was too easy. Like, I feel like that's too obvious? obvious. Yeah, that's the obvious casting. You gotta be a little more uh, creative. Oh, okay, um, I'm sorry. I, th- I do think, I think one of the Chris's should play Jesse. I was thinking Chris <laughs> Evans, but I think Chris Pine could also do it. Um, and, I, and like... Pre, uh, I don't know the Chris's. Pre Guardians, Chris Pratt, like Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt could also play Jesse. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, he'd um, have to get in better shape. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all are gonna have to do a lot of work on the worst thing in movies is uh, non non runner mm-hmm. actors oh. running in movies. Now Michael like, Sarah and Juno played about probably an eight hundred runner. Oh yeah, so he'd with, be well equipped. Slightly yeah. funky form, but not not Colby caliber form. Do you have a I do you have a good one for Johnny? I couldn't think of a good. Uh, let's try to think of some like like a, like a good like uh, a good like Catholic kind of like a like a JFK molded type of. Oh, okay, of I see. That's that's because that if we're talking about a famous person that I associate Johnny with, it's JFK. Definitely interesting. JFK. Um, I'm trying to think of who's like got the. Someone, like, hey, as someone who played, there's been people who played JFK. Sure. Whoever played JFK, Jackie. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Problem solved. I was gonna actually go for um. What's his What's his name? Uh, Jake something. He's the the love interest in Obvious Child. I think he could he could do a good Johnny. Oh man. He was in the office too in the later seasons. Anyways. Mm. <laughs> um, Kyle, do you have a good one? That, you know, I thought I was like, I gotta come up with uh, a good one for Kyle, and I haven't thought of it yet. Who do you, who do you okay, start, start with you. I, I thought, uh, this is, you know, stretching the realms of reality, but I, I think a, a young Jude Law could be a good Kyle. What, not like, do you have a specific movie in mind from him? Uh, I don't know, like, not appearance-wise, but just, like, vibe-wise, I could huh. see him really, like, bringing that to the table. You know, I'll, Kyle hated Jude Law's version of Sleuth. Okay. But I don't know how he feels about Jude Law in general. I also just thought uh, a younger Jimmy Stewart 
Oh wow! For, for, really for, going back in the for, archives um, for Johnny. Oh I would really, yeah, I would I really like, like, like uh, Harvey or or something or or a Rear Window. That that would work. I think I, think I can see that. I don't know. Do you got a good one for gags? Oh, <laughs> that's a tough question. Uh, what about um? <laughs> I'm going through Italian gangster movies in my head. <laughs> oh, oh, you're thinking like Brando. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I could I could see Brando doing a good uh, Johnny. I think I think that one would be. Well, but just Brando's. He's got such range. That guy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, that I was thinking actually like a like a John Goodman could do. Oh yeah. He could be a good gags. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. I love him in everything. He's like uh, speaking of someone oh, who yeah. like, kind of always plays the same character, but it's always a character you want to see. He's so. got that kind of Coen brother. Weird, uh, like eccentric kind of. Yeah. What is it like running for gags? He's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna always be like proud that I like ran for gags. Um, and uh, the the one thing I was I was actually thinking of him when we were talking about like calling our mothers, because <laughs> he's he's big in the phone calls, which is a little that's like takes a bit of energy for me. I'm like. Oh, I gotta make a phone call like it's exhausting like I have to like set aside a couple hours to recover afterward and stuff take a nap Uh, so but 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 he's like he's so great and he's like and it's it's really clear how excited he gets about like his athletes getting in shape and having good workouts and having good races and it's uh, I mean like he like the 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 NJNY like team cohesiveness I think stems from the way he coaches and the way he interacts with his athletes. Yeah, I yeah. think all the all the best coach, like especially coaches that have been in the sport forever, like you could like they never it never gets old for them. Like I, that's like yeah. always, that's always Absolutely. like a a good sign is someone who gets so. I had I had my high school coach has been coach uh, ran for Oregon actually Stephen oh. Chesney. Oh um, yeah. And he you know had been in the sport for. 40 years, like, has seen yeah. everything and, and then some. Yeah. And just the way that he could get excited about, like, you know, like, a freshman girl running mm-hmm. 13 minutes in the two-mile because it was a 30-second PR is yeah. just, like, just continually blew my mind. Yeah. Like, just the, the passion for the sport that goes so deep. Yeah. Um, our, our college coach is like that, too. Like, he oh, gets... Boy. He... I've fired up as an understatement. He <laughs> loves his athletes, and he gets so ex- he yeah. had to he like collapsed actually at Hep's <laughs> our senior year. Like it was eighty five degrees. That was a coffee thing though. So no oh, reason. Yeah. See there you go. And he, he fainted because like we had the steeple final and then the fifteen hundred final both went really well for us, and he got so worked up that like he literally like fainted on the infield. It was wow. like scary, but also just like so perfectly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my my dad's like a high school coach, and his team gets like. Over two hundred kids doing cross country every year. Whoa. It's like insane. That's awesome. That's that's, that's Oregon for you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like he, he coaches at a school called Grant, not Ulysses Simpson Grant High School. Oh, all right. And uh, and it's definitely like got a a good like athlete culture more so than Cleveland. But um, but he does. I can't believe like watching him at meets, like just fist bumping the kick of someone like finishing like second to last yeah. like in a race. That's and, like awesome. I'm 
I mean, I'm, I'm an elitist. I, I went to Oregon. That's almost impossible not to be. So I'm like, how can you be that excited? Like, I would have... I'd be doing something else at that point. But, like, yeah, like, his, his ability to, like, care that much about that many people. I couldn't... I just couldn't even remember that many names. I love it. Begin I, with. I think I, I'm definitely one of those people that's like, I don't know if I could ever be a coach. Just, like, I, I think I lack maybe like a, a, a patience that, that coaches bring to the table. Like a, a lot of times my frustrations with runners can sometimes just like boil down to like, just like stop being so soft. Like, <laughs> but, Some people need to hear yeah, that. This is yeah. strategy. But I'm such a, like, I mean, as evidenced by this fucking bullshit, like I'm such a fan of the sport and like I do, I, yeah. I'm the type of person that I love. I can always watch a track meet. Absolutely. Like I don't, I don't hear the, to me, the complaint of like, oh, why are we watching the 10K? Like, I, I can, that's a great way to spend a Saturday. To me. Absolutely. It's like oh, yeah. A bright spring day, like watching some friends, like, and the way that, like, at least like my, like my team, like the Heartbreakers, like they're, we have an elite team, but we also have 200 people on the team. And yeah. like, there's, it's so awesome watching the way that people do rally for like the, you know, the best person in in the world who's like maybe yeah. not the fastest person in the world and like seeing them and their teammates like get so excited when they run well yeah um I forgot what I was gonna say fair enough <laughs> I agree <laughs> yes before we move on to our big three I have to ask mm. do we have a production update on House for Sale oh yeah well <laughs> House for Sale uh, the movie that Colby uh, wrote and directed and I uh Coast, I, I, I sort of co-starred in, and I, I worked in the editing, so I was, I was, I was on the. And also, uh, my my current roommate is one of the the lead actors in it. Also, oh, just right. uh, to put a face to a uh, association. The trailer is excellent. Oh, I, thank you. So I have shown the trailer to other people. Oh, I, I love <laughs> I that. That's uh, um, yeah, we're really proud of it. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of it's one of these things. I think like Alexi Pappas dealt with with Tracktown, where it's. And I, we're finding that it's, like, really hard to, like, find the right, like, place to get this movie, like, developed properly. And uh, um, so, you know, like, we don't want to just uh, waste it, waste the full movie on YouTube. We'd like to, you know, like, have, like, an actual, uh, you know, debut, a theatrical debut. And uh, so, it, you know, it's taking a lot longer. In fact, at this point, it's taking so long. Uh, to get into theaters that we're, we're sort of like in the early stages I'm working on a sequel actually which um, is something uh, it's all very rough but and maybe you, you could even like help me with ideas on this but I, I was thinking it'd be something called like uh, like room for rent for oh, house right. for sale and because so, what I wanted you know like um, uh, uh, Colby and uh, the female character whose name is Becca uh they they kind of get together at the end of you kind of see them in the trailer so that's not too much of a spoiler uh, and um, and then they move in together at the end and then uh, Becca's ex boyfriend is sort of the villain the antagonist um, and he kind of leaves town but I thought it'd be great to like if they you know like so Colby's a postman you know mm -hmm. he's working for the post office and I thought you know mail's kind of like not doing so great lately, so maybe he loses his job because there oh. has to be cuts because mm -hmm. it's not something you know. There's all this technology they now. To run. So then they, <laughs> they, yeah, they. So then they have to like find a way to you know pay for their house and stuff. So they rent out their room, 
bring back ex Becca's ex boyfriend. You've got oh, that wow. great drama going oh, on. Oh, they're gonna rent the room to the ex boyfriend. Of course. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say quirky like I was gonna say if you're casting, <laughs> like, uh, I'm a Oh, okay, okay, good to know. Um, yeah, but noted. No, we, also, then, we didn't dream cast you, I just realized. Oh. <laughs> who would my who would Who's my... playing you in this uh this biopic? trying to think of. Not Sir Sharon, and that wouldn't make any sense. Um, I think it was just some gender swapping of... <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, uh... Because I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like, characters I related to. I really related to Jason Schwartzman and Rushmore, but, uh... <laughs> that, that, uh we don't, we don't that, look much yeah. alike. Um... I could see... Jimmy Stewart also has my correct proportions. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't physically line up but I could see, like, this is going to sound like I'm, like, sucking your dick, but, like, I could see, like, a young Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Because like, oh. his, his, like, I think, not as much like Donnie Darko, but this is, gonna, this is not going to sound like... Oh, no, don't say Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. <laughs> 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 that's what you're going to... Really, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. His you're weirdness not... <laughs> in that, which ends up being very fucked up, but I could see him channeling yeah, something you. resembling that. Oh, my God. Um, but... Anyways, back to back to house for a sale. But maybe John Mulaney. What do you think? Oh, I was thinking that. that. I mean, that's yeah. again. I'm like sucking my own dick here, so to speak. Uh, but well, you're pretty just, tall. You know. Yeah. No. We, yeah. <laughs> I was making a difference. Oh, I see. You know, I was just like, yeah, Mulaney's. He's at least six one. I think. Uh, <laughs> no, that would be good. I, or look, got it. Bo Burnham. That would be that's good casting. Right I do, I, yeah, I do see Bo Burnham. He's he's sort of moving to a directorial kind of role. Yes, so I'm he's very not really, excited. He's not for, in front of the Dan Wynn movies coming out. Hmm. And here's the Dan Wynn movies coming out. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I hope for sale. Like get back into acting. So I was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, like if he, he's gonna maybe we'll we'll replace Colby, even though it's entirely Colby's yeah. movie that so, he created. I have to ask, like, so how much of House for Sale as a concept existed previous to when he went on that Flow Track podcast? And how much was him kind of making it up on the fly? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, he definitely had fun on that Flowtrack podcast. Um, but, no, he... Actually, what happened was... We started working on it that summer. I'm not sure the exact timeline, but, but he told me he wanted to start working on a movie. Mm -hmm. And he essentially had a few ideas. It was, like, a movie about someone who works for the post office and a movie about, like, a skydiver who's afraid of heights or something. <laughs> And, uh, and I was like, I think we can kind of, I think these fit together. That was kind of like my creative contribution because he brought me these like ideas. And so then, um, and then like, uh, it's Amy, Amy Nunes is Johnny's fiance. Mm -hmm. So she's playing the, the female lead, got my roommate, uh, who's, he acted at Oregon in all these things called duck TV shows. So we kind of got people on board and, uh, and we, yeah, I think we, I don't think we had shot anything when Col Colby did the flow track podcast. So he definitely had like, in a, in a weird way, that podcast like kind of inspired this one because it was so infuriating. <laughs> to listen. And this is going to be me straight talking shit, but like flow tracks never going to listen to this. So who cares? Wait, people but, like, talk shit about flow track. <laughs> but like they, Colby went on this podcast yeah. and was being very, uh, like, hilarious yeah. and talking about this movie. They yeah. basically, and they just, like, kept, they basically were like, so how's your season going? Yeah, yeah. And just like, well, my season's fine, but what I really want to talk about is my movie. <laughs> yeah. And they just, like, patently refused to yes-and him and right. just, like, kept being like, 
great. So like, when's your next race? And it was so annoying to listen to that. And just be like, this is good material. And yeah. you just can't get outside the right. paradigm of just that's like. Not their game, though. I, I remember though, he, they, yeah, they, he comes on trying to break Warrior back, so they were like, how's like your your season going or something? He's like, I don't know, I'm pretty distracted. I'm mostly working on this movie. And it's <laughs> like, just, like, and they just they couldn't get they questions. couldn't get outside what they were trying to do and what he was bringing to the table. And I like, couldn't see that what he was doing was good and funny yeah. and interesting. And it, it just, it made me so mad listening to it that like, that's, it, <laughs> in some ways is why like when wow. Lewis came to me about doing this, I came up with the idea of like doing the that's like awesome. anti-running podcast podcast. Like, I love it. Um, but yes, I'm very excited for, for what you guys have in store next. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should... Wrap it up. This has been by far our longest episode. I don't, yeah, I haven't looked at the clock, but I'm very uh, fearful of what, what this number is going to um, be. But we do the same three three questions to close it off every week. The big three. Um, the first is your Instagram crush. It doesn't have to be a crush. It can be a crush. Yeah. But it, but it, anything you're you're digging on the ground right now. Uh, I'll say uh, Cassie David, which is a crush. Okay. Uh, who uh, she's done a web series called Eighty Sixth. Which is really funny, very Seinfeldian, and now and she just got a development deal with Amazon, so she's gonna have a, a show coming out soon, and uh, so she's an up and coming. She went to Emerson. Oh, okay. Also, and awesome. uh, so uh, what's the premise of that show? The Amazon show? Yeah. No clue. Oh, it's just on. Okay. That's, and that's, that's that's new information. I'm almost not. Really I'm not. I'm like close scoop. to breaking that story wow. right now because uh, it hasn't. Yeah, it's just started. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'll go with. Nice for that. Mine is not a person. Okay. It's probably like the roughly. 50 to 100 skiing accounts I follow <laughs> as someone who's lived in New York now for two years and grew up uh, in the Adirondack skiing my whole life. Uh-huh. I just love torturing myself. I'm just <laughs> yes. looking at what I'm missing out on. Fair. And uh, yeah, just dreaming about my alternative life where, I, <laughs> where I'm a ski bum. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just love to torture myself. That's so. like the kind of person who like they go somewhere like it's like winter time but they're like from California and they leave like the weather app like they have like Oh, oh yeah. I'm yeah. having yeah. to check I that Telluride Colorado on my weather. I'm yeah, like, oh and so you're looking oh, at like they've got like so many inches well, or whatever and you're all Nothing that doesn't seem healthy. I I think Oh, it's definitely not. Okay, it's, yeah. It is definitely not healthy. I try <laughs> very much admit that. So nothing was worse but, than hey, it's your crush. Uh, yeah. What can you do? Dana friend of the podcast, Dana Giordano, um, who was on a previous episode. Dana and Kira were in Puerto Rico when we were getting 18 inches of snow in Boston. And so she was literally sending us snap, like sending me Snapchats from the beach. And at, like just every time I just like respond like with a picture of the window, like Iced over. Just They're like, so okay. proud of themselves for that. <laughs> we all knew it was winter, you know. <laughs> but New York got no snow, I so I love it. It's tropical here. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We got all of the snow, and we're getting more next week apparently. And I'm so. It's my birthday next weekend, and all I want for my birthday is happy birthday, birthday, dude. Thanks. Happy uh, birthday. It's not my birthday yet. <laughs> Um, so you'll, you know, when you're, when you guys are both on again next week, you can yes, push me. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, but and this is actually an open invite to David's birthday party. Right. Short. Sure. What's the address? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? You've been to a Ken Ross oh, party. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Dan was the the all-star of uh, Ken Rossmus this year. In, well, I kept on house. getting offered a haircut. Uh, my hair was pretty short. I didn't understand what, yeah. the, what the offer but was. But you did, uh, I, I guess, now that you're no longer with the team, I'm not, like, doxing you to your coach, but you did run back <laughs> in, uh, like, clothing, like, party attire, like, yeah, these, regular actually, these, shoes. These yeah. Clark Desert boots I'm wearing right now. Well, the idea was that I, I was really trying to have, like, a very... An early night, honestly. Like, I was, I was planning it. See, now, here's one of the things where I'm going to say New York's better than Boston, because the trains run all night. Yes. And so I really thought I was going to catch the last train back to where I was uh, living in Back Bay, and I didn't come close to that, because I, I, I probably missed that by an hour and a half, or I don't know, whatever. And so then I was like, I don't, want, I don't want to pay for this entire yeah. lift. So I just told myself, you ran like four miles in shoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, in, in December. <laughs> yeah. So. That reminds me of. But, uh, you know, respect where respect is due. I did one of the. I did one of the. I had to uh, take the day off the next day. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Probably, yeah, it's a bad running, choice. Uh, it was like a bad desert boots isn't ideal. That brings me to what I was going to say is I did the one of the Sidious Mag Blue Jean miles. I did the one down oh, at the yeah. East River track and Chris Giesig. Mm-hmm. Ran his blue jean mile in leather boots. Oh my god! So blue jeans plus leather boots. Yeah, that's a big conversion. That sounds... Still kicked my ass. Do you really? Yeah, we were running oh, together man. for like the first like three laps or so, and I was like, all right, cool, I have a buddy here. This yeah. is nice. <laughs> and then he's just like, all right, I'm out. I that that four hundred oh, speed. I yeah, am not ridiculous. out. I've seen out it. of shape. If anything, seeing him run a two hundred practices. Yes, yeah. that's a different. I don't oh, know sure. what that looks like. Shout out, shout out to uh, Crawford's girlfriend, Jackie, the former world record holder yeah. in the blue jeans mile. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, she, she held it for like it. a week, but <laughs> still <laughs> counts. Count it. Count it. Uh, all right. We got to get through this. Okay, so we have, we no, done, we have we done one of the three yes. so far. Oh, man. We're, we're Go really to karaoke song. Let's this. go. <laughs> uh, it's, really, it's to try not to sing anything or sing something with other people because people don't want to hear. Yes, you go for the crowd now, pleasers if I, you don't want to. But I also, I don't even, I, I'm so bad with music, I don't even know. Like Not what, a music guy. Like, well, I listen to, like, older stuff. But, That's like, I don't think I should, back, I, I don't like, want, I don't, I, I feel like, one, I would feel, I don't think people want to hear me, like, sing, like, Sam Cooke or something. And two, I don't want to, like, ruin. I'm I, would, I would be like, very interested in that. Oh, boy. Okay. Maybe that is, off my That is true, though, because that that's, like, like you can't, it's always the thing of, like, don't cover Whitney Houston. Just, yeah, like, don't yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, that would be so, <laughs> so horrible if I did that. I think Billy Joel is kind of in my comfort zone. Sure. Because that's, yeah. it's, like, it's sort of the What's, Venn diagram of, like, I can, the audience is okay with this, and I'm not, like, ruining necessarily something. It's, I don't know. I can what song? Uh, I, I haven't done my life. I was just talking about that last night. So I like my. What's the um, for the longest time? I feel like it's probably oh, like an I easy. That's good. One. That's just good the way one. you are is my favorite uh-huh. Billy Joel song. That would no be one's getting hyped when you're singing that. Though. Yeah. Hey, well, I think if you're trying to get drowned out, you got You go piano man just so other people right. will sing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of the song Uptown Girl? Love As it. As an Uptown I, boy. I, okay. You, <laughs> I will admit that from time to time I go on. Billy Joel yeah. binges Same. at work, 
and I'm just sitting there at my at my desk with my headphones in with Uptown Girls just blasting and no one else around me knows what the right, hell I'm listening right. to and I'm just there singing in my own head just like having an amazing time with myself. <laughs> I love I that song I, so I like much. it, I like the music video, but I get the sense that it's one of the less, it's like one of the more hated songs. Yeah. I, why? And I, I don't know. It's I don't fantastic. Know music, so well, I, I think it's, know, I think it's more that like, I'm on board. It's such a, it's like such a, it's like, it's like the thing about Billy Joel that like people hate oh, it's to the like, max. Like right. it's the most like, I, I can see where the, like much like the Patriots, I can see where the hate comes sure. from. <laughs> uh, even if I don't agree, I'm on, I'm on board. It's a great song. But I also think like, that ha- like, uh, the ironic liking of a song, the people like, like, oh, this song sucks, but also, I'm, I'm anti that. Yeah. I think, like, just, just like a song. Like, I think, like, what's a good, like, people ironically Remember. liking, like, like, All Star by Smash Mouth. It's like, no, it's just a, great, a great song. song. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Timber, Kesha. Tim, Kesha. Kesha is the ultimate people being song. like, oh, like, I uh-huh. can't believe we're listening to this Kesha song. It's like, Kesha's awesome. Like, this is a good song, and we're gonna keep playing it. I think yeah. I think we're until in, you like it. I think we're we've oscillated into a sort of a more sincere fandom yeah. period, and we'll probably go back in like a few years. But I think people are really, I think people are getting into sincerity lately. I think that's in. As someone who who loves Carly Rae Jepsen as long as the day is, yeah. I, I actually so I was, I was at this is almost like I'm kind of contradicting myself because I was at this karaoke place in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago that ended at midnight. Mm-hmm. On like a Saturday, so like, very wow. non-New okay. York. I was like, not I didn't sing. I it was it was really bizarre, <laughs> and I didn't sing. But I was actually it was crossing my mind that I might I could have done uh, Call Me Maybe. Well, people like when that song was super popular, they're like, Ugh, Call Me Maybe. It's like, call, it's a great, it's super yeah, fun. It's, it's a good not, song. Yeah, it's not like you know Mozart, but like I think people were mad that they couldn't make a song that catchy. And they're like, wow, this just random girl made this song. Now everyone loves it. Why couldn't it have been me? Okay, so... Anyways, now, Crawford, you're going to... Okay. <laughs> so, my... The first two-hour podcast. I was thinking about this. <laughs> no, it's not ours. But we're well over an hour and a half. All right, well, let's break the barrier. We're breaking two right now. No one's remember, gonna... remember how you said you hate movies that are two hours long? <laughs> no one is going to listen to this. This is entirely... You this know, is for us. Self-congratulatory. Okay, <laughs> okay, so mine is, I was just thinking this morning, like David was like, okay, if you, if you want to prep a little bit here, think, go to a karaoke song, so-and-so, the other questions. And I was like, there's a song stuck in my head, and I can't put my finger on it. And then I was like, wait a second. Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight by ABBA. Oh, absolute nice. jam. Yeah. Unreal. I, I would was, I was gonna easily belt that yeah. in any karaoke bar, and I would get the whole rest of the That's bar. Do you, have, do you have a good voice? Um, oh, no. Oh, but, <laughs> no. You, but even so, just on the strength Don't of the care. song alone. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, get Abba isn't really, like, pushing the boundaries of vocal ranges. Sure. I think I'm the worst amount bad, though, because I'm not interestingly bad. I'm, like, just, like, boringly bad at singing. Like, yeah. it's like, I wish I was yeah. either end. I would go either direction as opposed to where yeah, I am. bad and love singing, so it's, like, the worst of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, I appreciate the sentiment of that song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I 
often want it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what is, David, just very quickly, what is your... My go-to karaoke, as I was saying, so it's a little bit breaking my own rule of don't cover good vocalists, but Chain of Fools, Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. just a great song, and Absolutely. I was singing, I was sing that. ripping through some Aretha on the drive down here yesterday, and I was like, this, this would be a good one to, to put on. I don't know if, like, in like 2018 among the 20-something crowd it would go over great, but I love that song. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, last but not least, Death Row Meal. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so now the Death Row Meal is exclusively the only thing I like about the death penalty. (laughs) Okay. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Death Row Meal. You get whatever you want. Now, yeah. The Death Penalty actually get whatever. With how far does it go? No, I think it's, well, it's not like, it's not like, fly this grape in from okay, fair, this fair. island or something, but, I, you know, like, I think you, you get a little bit of... It's reasonable. And I think it's such a romantic <laughs> idea, like, born out of this awful, terrible, like, terrible. this tyrannical, bureaucratic <laughs> policy, and I think that there's, like, something very beautiful and lovely about it. <laughs> and uh, I would, uh, it would, definitely my genre would be some kind of, like, breakfast pastry kind of thing. And um, mm. currently, it would be an almond croissant because I just Ooh. found out that almonds like just make the croissant better in a way that I don't understand the they science. Add a, they add like a different, slightly different texture to it. I yeah, think. but I think it cooks. I, I don't yeah, know. Like, like, like I feel like it's like gooey or something. Trader Joe's frozen almond croissants are a Melly family uh, yeah. staple for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. I love a good breakfast. Just an almond croissant. Is that course one or is that just the whole Well, thing? yeah, no, I wouldn't just, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would, I would be trying to set some records. Like there's, Most there's, there's a, there's a diner in near Eugene called Addie's uh-huh. and, uh, I'm, I've always been convinced I could have eaten two of their pancakes, which to do that is a, is a miracle because they're, they're as big as this table pretty, oh, a little smaller, but they're, they're ridiculous. And, uh, and so it would be nice to, maybe I just go for a record somewhere because I, I, I can eat a lot of giant or just like yeah, just like eat a lot of wings or something, and then like by the time like, it's a good time to feel bad. Yeah, like if you're if you're like ugh, you get you know that you know that statement. I'm gonna regret this tomorrow. You don't have to. No worries. You get all the pleasure of eating it, and then none of the consequences. And yeah, (laughs) unless the execution goes wrong, which they often do, and that's a horrible situation. Tough, tough. (laughs) Crawford. Um. All right. So I think if I had to pick. One thing specifically, I would go, I'd probably just have to do some sort of pasta ziti lasagna mm-hmm. thing with my mom's homemade pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. She has like a, a sauce that's been passed down from mm-hmm. her mom, from her mom, her mom, like all the way down through the family, which I finally got my hands on. I was like, mom, you need to write this oh, down okay. before you forget this. Like, yeah, so I have it now, but yeah, one of those, one of those items is probably if I had to pick one thing. If I was doing like a whole like day shoved into right. my death row meal, um, I'd probably go breakfast sandwich from my local my local deli back where I'm from. Sausage, egg, and cheese, French bread, pepper jack cheese, of course. Um, Very specific. I like it. Dos Toros burrito. I don't know if you're you're new to New York, but yeah, I don't know. get your hands on one of those. Okay. It's. It's burrito the, and bell. Oh, we, we have a thing where we, we talk about burritos on every episode. And we oh, got through the whole episode. There you so. go. It's like an Easter egg. <laughs> yep. And then the pasta. And then to top it all off would have to be ice cream. I uh-huh. am an ice cream fiend. I, my, Your I weight think, fluctuated heavily in college. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm biggest, you were eating ice my cream. biggest barrier to running fast in college was the free ice cream in the dining halls. Free uh-huh. homemade yep. Cornell Terry ice cream. cream. Like, yeah. 
how am I resisting that? That's just impossible. So now I really just practice extreme self-control and just try not to buy it. But yeah, oh man, it's it's too good. But that would be my. Have I gotten you on the Talenti train? Yeah, Talenti, the sea salt caramel. Sea salt caramel, Mm -hmm. caramel cookie crunch. Talenti is like the greatest thing. But I would down a whole. I would down a whole, whatever. It's sort of like size one. I don't care what it says on the side. It's it's you open it and you're gonna. I just yeah. don't exercise enough anymore to warrant that. Uh, <laughs> though that is definitely one of my motivations to keep running. Yeah. Serving sizes should be what the demographic who bought the product would eat it. Yeah. At. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's ice cream, like it's come on. Like for me, I'm not, like the size of the container is yeah. how much you're. I'm a well documented. Jelly bean enthusiast and oh. the like big bags like the fourteen ounce bags of jelly beans. I've never not finished one of those. What's that? <laughs> Easter is coming up, so I don't know if you're a big candy guy. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. What is the number one uh, Easter jelly bean? They dis- they discontinued Lifesavers jelly beans. No, we what? talked about Get this. Out. Uh, we, I think we maybe have talked about this on a previous episode, <laughs> what? but very How? briefly. They discontinued them. I have looked on Amazon. I've looked on like candywarehouse.com. Like <laughs> you'll eat last year because they used right. to because they they used to have them in more stores and then they only had them in CVS last year. I feel like Wegmans has and like every type ever. Wegmans period. has pretty at least the Wegmans near me has limited offerings of candy specifically. Oh. I mean, it's good. It's like a standard shelf, but it's not like breaking the bank. But Lifesavers jelly beans, they only had them during Easter, and then they discontinued them this year. So i I've, I've been honestly like floating adrift in the candy aisle this Easter season and I have I've been mixing it up so I've been like trying trying it's, new, it's, it's new sad because like they're they all have their own unique appeals <laughs> of different brands of jelly beans but like there's no none of them are as like perfectly hit the spot as Lifesavers jelly beans and it's really it's impacted my life I'm a Lifesavers if you're listening yes send us some jelly I put beans. out the I put out the challenge among my friends that, that that would be the ultimate birthday present but I genuinely have lo- I'm like I will pay any price I'll look online oh, and I there's definitely anywhere. some like niche candy stores yeah. in the city that have to however have to have. get on a candy forum maybe. <laughs> yeah that has to exist in my does it I've yeah. definitely used jelly beans as a death row meal before so uh-huh. I will say that just uh, pound a bag in the theme of breakfast food sure uh, I do stand for crepes, but I think right now I'm feeling like a big waffle with like fruit and chocolate, and most importantly, like thick homemade whipped cream. Like not whipped cream so from like the can. Belgian. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a like a like a hefty, like a heavy whipped cream. Yes. You know how like there's it's different. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that's that's gonna be how I'm gonna so go out the crepe. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking this is, of going out, yeah, yeah, speaking yes. of going out this and getting breakfast, a I'm delight. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you Thanks for, for stepping up to us. Um, anytime you're in Boston, you're welcome to come back on. We'll do another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Did we break two? It's Did what, we officially? It's the, I don't know. At this point, if you're listening to this, it's what you want. Apparently, yeah. uh, no one is listening to this yes. at this point. But if you are, I'm, on, I'm always one who's like the podcast. They're like, oh, we gotta hurry it up. You know, we have to finish. I'm like, no, keep talking, please. This yeah. is my creep is not over yet. <laughs> Just keep talking, so I don't have to start a new one by the time I get to work. This is true. Well, thank you, Crawford, for for bring, welcoming us into your home. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it was a pleasure. This thank you, fun. Kaylee, who is not here, for also welcoming us into her home. Um, thank you for listening. 
And this has been Run Your Mouth. Bye.